All right, yo, it's 7.59. We're going to rock this thing up one minute early this morning. Good morning and welcome to the International Podcast. This is officially episode one. This is your highly favorite host, Noah Williams, and I'm extremely excited to bring you guys this content. Um, This is something that I've been working on for a long time, something I've been plotting on for a long time, manifesting for a long time, and now it's finally here. Um, I'm becoming with content every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, you know, we ain't doing an everyday kind of thing. We ain't doing a once a week kind of thing. But we're we going to be around pretty often for you guys to uh, come and check out the content, see what we're talking about. You know, this is all sports, music, culture, you feel me, inspiration. That's really how I can sum it up, um, the best way I can sum it up. So, you know, this is something that I'm really excited to do, something that, you know, I feel like I was called to do. Um, I feel like a lot of people have podcasts now and a lot of people – are speaking, but it's not always organic. You know what I mean? I watch this stuff every day. And um, a lot of times it's very like, you feel me, unauthentic or or inorganic, however you want to say it. But, you know, just know that everything that I'm speaking on really comes from artists. It's it's shit that I really believe in and shit that I really, uh, I feel, you feel me? And uh, that's why I feel like me of all people need to be doing something like this. and I also have a great lineup of uh, interviews coming up with many people um, from athletes to entrepreneurs to moguls, you know, everything. We got everything. We're covering all um, surfaces. So stay tuned for that. Those interviews are going to be dropping soon. Those are already pre-recorded. Those are already finished, cut up. Um, and those are on the way as well. But for today, you know, we're going to get into the football talk. We're going to get into the basketball talk. We're going to shift a little bit into the music talk. And I got some advice for y'all, you know, because I know it's Christmas time. And, uh, you know, y'all fellas don't have to get something for y'all, for y'all queens. So, um, yeah, we right into it, man. We starting off with football. You know, yesterday was a great day in the NFL. You feel me? We had some great games. But the number one team that really, like, comes to mind when I think about it is the Cleveland Browns and what they was able to do yesterday. No cap. This is the first time since 1996, I believe, or 2002, where they'll have a winning record. Like, that's really crazy. They did it. And somebody that I've been sleeping on and low-key hating on ever since they came into the league was um, Baker Mayfield. But I can't lie. I can't cap. That dude really came with it. Like, Baker Mayfield really came with it yesterday. You know, he uh, is really proving a lot of haters wrong. I remember when Stephen A., at the beginning of the year, he told Baker, he said, hey, man, you got more commercials than you do wins in the NFL. You know, this year he didn't really stepped up. He take care of the ball better, throwing better passes. And the team is really reaping the benefits of it because, shoot, now they're 9-3 and three. in a great position. You know, they got great running backs, great targets, great weapons. And they have a good defense, too. You know, I was watching a game yesterday, and uh, Miles Garrett is an absolute force, like absolute force. This dude take two, maybe three blockers to get him. They – holding dude, getting him in the face mask, all that. They ain't getting no calls for it either, but shoot, you know, it is what it is, though. But, yeah, big shout-out to the Cleveland Browns and everything that they're accomplishing because, you know, the city of Cleveland, I spent a few years in the city of Akron, so, you know, it's like a neighboring city to Cleveland. And it's a very, very strong fan base, you know, whether that's for the Browns, the Indians, or the Cavaliers. And it's a loyal fan base that stuck around with a team that's, been unsuccessful three franchises that's I mean other than the whole LeBron era it's been three franchises that were pretty irrelevant and unsuccessful for the longest time for my whole lifetime that I can remember and I was born in 1999 and ever since I became a sports fan you know Cleveland was always like damn near at the bottom of the list in sports so now it's actually like really dope to see you know they finally got a football team I know we've been talking about it for a few years um how Cleveland's been coming on stronger and stronger, but, you know, it's finally, like, here for them. Like, they finally building on something, and I like what they got going on over there. No cap. I mean, they got a good coach and Kevin Stefanski. I feel like he's proven to be a, a good offensive-minded coach a bit with a balanced offense. They got two Pro Bowl running backs. Nick Chubb, arguably a top – I'll say he's a top three quarterback. I mean, running back. In the league, you know, they got Jarvis, a receiver. They got Odell. He's hurt, obviously. But, you know, Jarvis is still getting the job done. I just really like this team. I think they got a lot of youth in the secondary. I think they just look really, really good moving forward. I'm not sure who their D coordinator is, but 
whoever he is, he's doing a, a lot better job than they were last year. No cap, you know. So I got to tip my cap to the Cleveland Browns. They definitely are putting some things together over there. I don't really put them in like a title contender. I don't think that they have the talent yet or the experience yet to be a title contender, but I think they're definitely building on something. You know, if you're making the playoffs, that's that's definitely saying something, you know what I mean? Especially in this league where seemingly like it's hard to get one win, you know, or two wins. So I'm going to talk to the Jets about that shit, you know, but Cleveland already strung together nine wins. You feel me? They got what, four games left. They could finish the season, you know, 13 and three if they went out. So, you know, it's definitely going to be exciting to see. And uh, yeah, shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to Cleveland. Um, so moving from Cleveland, you know, another team that really, really caught my attention yesterday was the damn New York Jets. The New York Jets are some absolute doo-doo. Period. The New York Jets are so bad, yo. Like, they are really, they might be the worst team I've ever seen in the history of the NFL, though, no cap. They really might be the worst. Like, bottom of the bottom, like, doo-doo with a doo-doo, the New York Jets. Now, it's a shame because at one point in time, I, I did consider myself a New York Jets fan. But, I, I look, I'm a loyal fan. I always was a loyal fan. But I had to give up on them niggas, man. I had to. I had to. They, yo, they had me out here looking crazy. Trying to go to bat for a team that's 0-13, what, 13? 0-12? Come on. Yo, you, you got the game. They had the game. They played Oakland, or the, the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday. You had the game in the bag. You had them on the ropes. 12 seconds left. They on the 50-yard line. And you going to rush, like, what, eight? You going to blitz eight at the quarterback, and you up to, what, four points with 12 seconds left? You know they throwing the ball deep. They not trying to do – come on, man. You trying to lose the game. You trying to go on, on 16. You feel me? That's all that is. And it's it's like y'all the lock, laughing stock of the NFL. You had an opportunity to get your first win. Fuck Fuck getting Trevor Lawrence, man. You got to get your buy your dignity first. Oh, we tanking for Trevor Lawrence, man. That is terrible. And what if Trevor Lawrence, you feel me? Oh, you tanking for Trevor Lawrence. He going to say, oh, I'm staying in the NCAA another year. You feel me? That sounds absolutely crazy, though. Like, yo, Adam Gase and them boys are really tripping, though. Like, come on, man. It's really absurd, though. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you trying to build over there? It just looked worse and worse every week, for real. That's why I said, look, I had to jump ships, man. I cannot consider myself a Jets fan no more. I'm cool on them. I'm cool on them. Cool on the organization. I'm cool on the ownership. Cool on the player. I, they ain't even got no cool players to watch. Like, at least when you had, like, Jamal Adams, you feel me? That's somebody you could watch. Or you got, shoot, you got um, Le'Veon, you feel me? That's somebody cool you could watch. But they don't got nobody to watch on the team. Frank Gore. The nigga 52 years old. I mean, shit. He's efficient still. He's still product producing. But this nigga Frank Gore is boring as hell to watch. And he always has been. But that's really your main attraction of the team is Frank Gore. Because Sam Darnold in and out the lineup. Lord knows he, he got mono or he got a shoulder sprain or he's just seeing ghosts on the field. But Lord knows what his issue is. We ain't got no receivers. Our best receiver, J Jameson Crowder, you know, God bless him, but shoot. He was like a number three receiver his whole career, a number four. He's not a number one target on a on an NFL team. Jameson Crowder is your number one receiver. I think Alabama has better weapons than them right now with Smith and that other dude. Alabama really might have better targets than than the New York Jets, which is fucking crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. The New York Jets, y'all are terrible. Absolutely terrible. And Sam Donald, you are terrible, too. But I think it might be some hope for you because I don't think you are the most terrible quarterback in the NFL. I think it's one quarterback, maybe a couple more, but it's definitely one quarterback that is worse than you, Sam Donald. His name is Carson Wentz, and he playing Philadelphia. And Carson Wentz is some trash. And Carson Wentz is some absolute dog shit, yo. He is some trash. Look, 2017 season, Carson Wentz was great. 
Carson Wentz was slinging the ball all over the field. He was making better decisions with the football, trusting his receivers more, and just making good football plays. You know, he gets hurt. Nick Foles takes over the team. They win the Super Bowl. So if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles right there, I'm thinking, okay, we got wins. who got us to 13-3 and three, or whatever the fuck the record was before he got injured. He got injured in week 13, right? He gets injured, and we put in Nick Foles, and we still win a Super Bowl championship with Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz. And what do they do? They go and sign Carson Wentz to, like, a max guaranteed contract. The dude was – this was not the dude who brought you a Super Bowl. And this league is about Super Bowl rings, winning the championship game, not playing 13 games in a season and getting hurt. That was their number one mistake. They should have paid Foles and let Wentz go or keep Wentz as a backup, whatever you want to do. But Nick Foles won your team that championship. He was a Super Bowl MVP of the game, throwing dimes in the game, beat the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. And you're going to go in the offseason and sign Carson Wentz to an extension. That's a terrible move by the organization. I mean, yeah, he's talented, most definitely talented. But, okay, you sign him, now you lock up the rest of your team because he's getting all the cheese. You can't pay him all the cheese, and now you ain't got no cheese to get no receivers, no running backs, no linemen, no defensive backs, no linebackers. I mean, now you got to build through the draft, which is already tough to do. But, you know, let's go to to this season, right? I said it from the beginning of the season. You know, Carson Wentz is trash. I've been trying to tell people Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not good. He hasn't been good for a very long time. I would say about three years. He has not been good. His decisions are absolutely terrible. He holds on the ball for way too long. Like, dude, get rid of the fucking football. What are you doing? Hold on to the ball. You got wide open receivers in the flat. Wide open receivers. You feel me running a little out route, eight-yard out route. It's a first down, too. Why are you holding the ball? You got more turnovers than any team in the NFL, not just any player. You yourself have more turnovers than every other team in the NFL. Team, a whole team. You're one player. You're one player, and you have more turnovers than every single team in the NFL. Tell me how that makes sense. And, and people are still going to bat for you? Like, you're supposed to start? Yo, Philly got a, a decent team. Like, I don't know why people are really dogging Philly's team. Like, they don't have good running backs coming out of the backfield. They got a good defense. Yeah, their receivers are hurt. I'll say that. Their receivers have been hurt. They've been banged up all year. But Philly's not a bad team. Like, Carson Wentz is a bad player. Like, he's a bad leader, a bad quarterback, bad all that. He don't even take accountability for the terrible mistakes that he's making. Yo, it's really crazy. Like, I can only imagine, you know, and I don't like to always pull the race card all the time, you know. But I could really only imagine if a black quarterback was playing the way that Wentz was playing in an organization kept him in the starting quarterback like that. Let's say Cam Newton don't even play nearly as bad as that. Cam Newton be playing decent. He mean he turn the ball over here and there. He don't be doing the best with the ball. But he plays pretty well. I mean, if you watch New England play this year, he's played all right. Significantly better than Carson Wentz. But I feel like somehow, some way, he gets more disrespect in the media than Carson Wentz. Now, what is that? I feel like that's an agenda, first of all. I feel like that's an agenda from these media companies, media corporations. But, you know, we ain't got to get into that. Just know that I ain't got no agenda. Feel me? I just call it how I see it. And I see it. Carson Wentz is some absolute doo-doo that needs to be on the bench chilling for the rest of the year. You feel me? I was glad that they put Jalen Hurts in there. I mean, you drafted the dude in the second round for a reason. I mean, he was starting – at the University of Alabama as a true freshman. Let's not forget that, though. I think he won a national championship as a true freshman, which is – I don't know if there's any other quarterback that's ever done that in the history of the NFL. I mean, the NCAA. A true freshman starting at Alabama in the national championship game. Crazy. That's fucking crazy. Then he go to Oklahoma, right, take over their squad, and he gets them into the college football playoff. This dude is nice. Like, he's proven to be cold, but you still starting this. This dude, Carson Wentz, over him. So, I'm glad to see that Doug Peterson made the change. I just hope that, you know, 
I just hope that he keeps um, Hurts in for the rest of the season because I do not want to see Carson Wentz weak ass no more. So I'm actually about to put this um, poll on my Instagram story. Let me do this shit now. I'm about to put this poll on my Instagram story because I need to know what y'all think. You feel me? For real. Because Carson Wentz, man, is really terrible. So the poll is going up now. Who's your starter? Jalen Hurts. Carson Wentz. I'm going with Jalen Hurts, man. Just because Carson Wentz, you, you, I mean, you gave Carson Wentz his chance. You know, you know what Carson Wentz could do. You know that he's terrible. So, you know, I'll say on to the next. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, more NFL news from yesterday. I actually watched that Seahawks Giants game, and I was like, dude, what is wrong with the Seahawks? How did they lose that game? A lot of y'all got the Seahawks going to the Super Bowl, and they just lost to the New York Giants in a convincing fashion. I mean, Russ couldn't find anybody open, even though Tyler Lockett was open damn near the whole game. DK Metcalf can't catch passes now all of a sudden. Chris Carson doesn't know how to run down the field. He just likes to run directly towards the sideline. The offensive line can't protect anybody. I mean, shit, I feel like that's a recipe to lose the game. Russ throwing interceptions, Russ fumbling the ball, dropping snaps. It was just a terrible game. I feel like the Seahawks, you know, they they could put together like two or three weeks where they look phenomenal and Russ is cooking, cooking, though. When they say let Russ cook, sometimes you got to let that nigga cook. But sometimes it's just not there for him. I feel like more this year than any year, has he really been in the spotlight? Because I feel like he really was, like, bitching about, you know, not getting MVP looks and Sierra be promoting this nigga. So everybody got that eye on Russell Wilson this year, and he, he shows up sometimes. Like, I'll give it to him. He shows up sometimes. But he don't show up every week. Like, to put him with the most elite quarterbacks in the NFL is saying something. And I think he's up there. Like, I definitely think he's a top, let's say, top five quarterback. In the NFL, and that's like a fucking great compliment. But I can't, it's no way I could put him over Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, especially because like every week, Rodgers and Mahomes are going to do phenomenal things with the football, and they're taking care of the ball better than, than Russ. The Seahawks got to do a historically bad defense. So, you as a quarterback, you got to know, okay. I can't be turning the ball over like this. Like, I can't just be giving the ball back to, you feel me, like, the other team. That's why you got to hold on to the ball, bro. Like, he really turned the ball over twice yesterday. He didn't have some three turnovers. He had multiple three turnover games this year. Like, you can't win that way. Now I think they sit at eight and four. They're no longer the division leader. I think they're a wild card team now since the Rams just beat the Cardinals yesterday. So now they're sitting in, in the wild card. <clears throat> they're sitting in the wild card, and they don't even have a home game in the playoff. Look at it right now. You feel me? And it ain't no telling what they're going to do for the rest of the year. I think the defense is coming around a little bit more. I really like what I've seen out of uh, Jamal Adams yesterday, but I don't know. I mean, right now, it's not looking too good for the Seahawks. They, they don't have any momentum as a team. They're not gelling. They're not hot. They're really cooling off. They were hot in the beginning of the season, but now I think they lost like three out of their last like five games or something like that. Three out of their last six games. So every other week they're losing a the game pretty much basically is what that means. Um, yeah, I guess Pete Carroll and them boys, they need to get back to the drawing board and figure it out. But the way they're playing right now, this is not a recipe for the success at all. Like they're not looking good at all. I don't know. They need to call up my boy Ernest or somebody and uh, get them on a team because they need some help over there. I ain't going to lie. Like, they're a good team. Like, they're solid. Super Bowl contender, though? No. Fuck no. But, you know, that's enough. I mean, from what I seen yesterday, you know, I didn't see anything else that was, like, really, like, outstanding to me or anything that I didn't already know from these teams. I mean, New England had an impressive 45 to nothing win 
over the Chargers, which was dope. But the Chargers aren't a good team. Like, they have a good roster, I guess. But when your coach is that shit, and I hate to say a black man is shitty at his job, but, yo, look, Anthony Lynn, you're not good at your job, bro. You got a great young quarterback, great uh, great defense, great defense, great weapons at receiver. You got a good running back, good running backs, plural. You got Austin Eckler, you got a couple other dudes. You got some good running backs back there. <clears throat> you lose 45 to zero. Special teams was terrible. You let a, a punt return go back for a touchdown and another one for like 60 yards to a white dude. Uh, ain't no ain't no shade against white 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 men and white athletes. But when the fuck have you ever seen a white dude return a punt for a touchdown in the NFL? For real. Like, come on. So that shit is weak. Period. That shit is just weak as fuck, yo. Anthony Lynn need to get out of there. They need to fire, dude. They need to fire, bro, because he he's not getting the job done as he's supposed to. But you know, that's enough for the NFL. I talk about the NFL. I feel like, you know, we kind of know who's in the elite. You know, you got the Packers up there. You got the Saints. You got the Chiefs. And you got the, the Steelers. And then you got your middle tier, you know, your playoff teams. And then you got your just doo-doo teams like the Jets and the Jaguars, teams like that. So we about to move on to the NBA because this shit is heating up. Free agency is still going. These trades are still going. And the season start in what? About 15 days, 22nd. So I'm I'm super geeked for the NBA. I think this is going to be a great season. It's a very interesting rookie class coming in. There was some great moves coming in free agency. We got players coming back off injury. We got KD coming back. We got Steph coming back. Man, this year, this year really going to be crazy. But last week, I think it's really the trade of the offseason, even though it might not improve either team, was the Russell Westbrook for John Wall in the first round pick trade. So Washington gets Russell Westbrook, Houston gets John Wall in the first round pick. I mean, off the bat, I would genuinely I would say that, you know, Washington won the trade for now at least. Just because, you know, John Wall was a great electrifying player before he got injured. He was one of my favorite players to watch. I actually, when I was still playing the game, I was trying to model my game after John Wall because he was super electrifying, super fast, super quick, could pass the ball. He couldn't really shoot too well, but he could get to the basket and he'll make you look foolish. He could play his ass off on defense as well. So that was, that was a player that I really tried to model myself after. He was phenomenal to watch. <clears throat> but I believe he had heel surgery, knee surgery, and a Achilles surgery all in the past, like, three years, two years. So, I mean, for somebody who relies on their athleticism as much as John Wall does, I'm going to have to wait to see the production value that he does have moving forward just because, you know, like, Bro, you came off an Achilles and you a point guard. You can't just be raising up on your Achilles, banging on niggas like you was before. But it's all, I mean, we just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. I think we know what we got out of Westbrook. We got somebody who loves to chase stats. We got somebody that plays really, really hard every every play, which is also a good and a bad thing. You know, you love the effort. The fans love to see the hustle and the effort and the heart that he plays with. But at the same time, like, bro, chill the fuck out. Like, slow the fuck down, bro. Like, basketball is, isn't just, like, go, 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 go. Like, it's a tempo game. Like, it's pace. You feel me? But, I mean, shit, it, it don't stop him from getting his stats, but it stops him from winning in the playoffs for sure. Um, I think Russ is probably the most bullheaded player that I've seen ever play. Like, ever. I think um, Kobe was a bullheaded-ass player. Kobe's my favorite player ever. He was bullheaded as hell. But in a lot of times, especially later in his career, it really, really hurt him and the team. Like, it made them look really bad just because, you know, they are really just too bullheaded and too selfish to benefit the good of the team. And I think that's my biggest criticism with Russell Westbrook because, you know, athleticism is there. The defense is there. The effort is there. The heart is there. 
it's just like too much. It's like too much passion. Like, bro, it's too You feel me? Like, he too geeked up. He's way too geeked up all the time. Um, but, you know, at least for now, I think we know what Washington's got. I think it'll help him probably win maybe another like 10 to 15 games and then won last year. I don't think they were maybe like a 10 or 11 seed in the East last year. This year, maybe they'll be an 8 seed or 7 seed. I don't see much growth coming out of them, especially when you had Bradley Beal, who already averaged over 30 a game. If you if you got somebody averaging 30 a game and you still have a losing record, your team is fucking bad. Your team is bad. Bradley Beal's a great player. I thought he should have been all-NBA selection. Guy averaged 30 points a game, shooting efficiently from the field. He can score anyway, three-point, mid-range, get to the basket, isolation, pick and roll, off a pin down, off a screen, you feel me? Anything, he could do it. So, I mean, Russ is going to take some possessions away from him. Yes, I think Brad's probably going to drop from, like, 30 a game. It's right around maybe like 25, 24 points a game. I would say somewhere in that range, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what what Houston has moving forward, too, because I was just in a debate with my boys um, over the weekend, and uh, I said this might be the best team that Houston has had since James Harden has been there, and I think that's actually not the craziest thing to say because, you know, if James stays, if James buys in, to the team if he stays there because I know the nigga is acting crazy right now. He acting petty for real, but if he decides to stay there, um, you got James, you got John Wall, you got Christian Wood, you got DeMarcus Cousins, and you got P.J. Tucker. That's your starting five right now, and I think that's a, a nice starting five, especially with Christian Wood at the four. Christian Wood is a seven-footer who could do everything. He could hit the three. He could get rim to rim protect, get the board, go coast to coast, and bang it on you. You feel me? Christian Wood can really – he can facilitate. He's like a point forward. But, nah, that's ain't no buts. He's really a point forward. So, you know, with the acquisition of Christian Wood, you get DeMarcus Cousins, who has something to prove coming off all these injuries. But my thing with DeMarcus is how much does he have left so I think if if the, if he can return to you know how he was in New Orleans, the league gonna be worried for real. Like he gonna have the NBA stressed out, especially you know he can stretch the floor, he can hit the deep, he can hit the three, he can hit the mid range. He got a little bit of handle, especially for a big man. And you got James. I feel like all those dudes fit really well with James, except for John Wall. I mean John Wall really can't knock down the outside shot. He kind of needs the ball in his hand to be productive. But like Russell Westbrook did last year, I think John Wall could take some of the load off. <sighs> I think John Wall could take some of the load off of uh, James Harden, but I don't think he'll be as much of a burden as Russell Westbrook was just because I don't think they have the same egos. Like, I don't think um, – John Wall is as bullheaded as Russell Westbrook was. I think Russell Westbrook wasn't really open to sharing the rock or wasn't really open to changing his play style as much as John Wall will be. Um, not to say that, that Russ didn't adjust his game at all, because he did. You feel me? It was noticeable. Like, he was changing his game a little bit to match better with Harden, but he just wasn't happy doing it, so. We'll see what uh what John Walker do if they run it or if they trade if they trade Harden you know and get some pieces for it. Definitely excited to see um, what goes on. But you know throughout this whole off season, a lot of teams have made a lot of moves. Um, some have gotten better, some have gotten worse. But uh, I think the team that has really shown the most growth. And really done the best job this offseason was the Lakers. My team, the champs. Like, we won the chip, right? But the thing with Bron is, like, Bron never going to be satisfied. Like, every season, whether he win or lose in the finals, like, his team is going to get better for the next year. So what do we do? 
We get rid of Danny Green poop ass. Bye, Danny Green. You can't hit no shots. Okay, bye. We gonna bring in Dennis Schroeder for you. Yeah, that's your replacement, Dennis Schroeder. Number two and six man count. That dude is an absolute dog. An absolute dog. Killer. Ice in his veins. Bro going crazy on you. You bring in Montrez Harold, sixth man of the year from the Clippers. <laughs> Yo, them boys are sick right now. The Clippers are absolutely sick right now. And I'm going to talk about them in a little minute. But they are sick right now that the Lakers just pulled Harold from them, which is really crazy that they did that, though. But great addition to the front court. Great scoring option. He come off the bench, went for AD. You feel me? He can he can handle the load. Um, when AD and Brown is off the court, you feel me? You can put him and Schroeder out there, and then boys gonna get you some buckets. You feel me? And that's all the Lakers need. They just need more buckets off the bench. They need buckets because they got defense. You feel me? My boy KCP resigned. That's my boy, bro. KCP is like that, bro. No more. I'm tired of KCP slander. Cause if y'all watched them playoffs in the bubble, that nigga was going crazy, hitting big shots, big threes, big going to the cup, making big stops, doing everything. KCP, quit playing with him, cause that boy is nice. Then they they gonna go out and sign Marcus Saul. You feel me? You get another center. You feel me? Put him in the paint, cause you did lose to White. I was at low key. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was upset about losing to White, cause I think the White is really a, probably like one of the three best rim to, rim protectors in the NBA, no cap. And he could get up and down the court, great pick and roll. You don't need to feed him too much, but when you do, he's going to get you a bucket in the post. Like, he's big as shit, and he got good post moves. And he can finish around the hoop with both hands. So he got the left hand hook. He got the right hand hook. He got that little drop step trying to be Shaq face-ass shit. But, you know, I think – I think um. Dwight is really a good player, and I like him a lot. So, you know, it's it's sad to see him go. But, shit, we brought in Marcus Saul. I don't think Marcus Saul is as good as Dwight, but it's something. You know what I mean? We got something back. He's a, he's a good defender. He can knock down the three, something that Dwight couldn't do. So maybe that'll work better for LeBron, especially, you know, LeBron loves to drive and dish. So I'm sure Marcus Saul will be on the receiving end of some of those uh, some of those plays. Um, so yeah, grade A. Lakers got an A plus. A plus for the offseason. A plus. Go ahead, Lakers. Next, I think Phoenix did a good job. Phoenix, I'll give him, I'll give them like a B plus. Sure. B plus. Um, I know they lost Rubio. I think they traded him to to Minnesota, so they must have got something back. Cause I don't think he was a free agent. He might have been, but I don't think he was. But uh, so you know, you lose Rubio. But you bring in Chris Paul. You trade Chris Paul for Kelly Oubre and some few other pieces. Um, none of those pieces were really, like, significant to the team at the time. So I think they're going to be all right. But Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. That's going to be fucking scary. No cap. Chris Paul proved to us that he still got it. He still could lead a team. He still could be the best player on a playoff team. Now he could be the number two option on a playoff team because the Suns, the Suns, especially the way they finished in the bubble, are coming for blood this year. Devin Booker is averaging. Book might win. He might lead the NBA in scoring this year. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put him past him to lead the league in scoring this year, especially with CP getting him the ball. CP getting to the eight and yo, it's gonna be crazy. Phoenix might really have a team again because, you know, the last time they had a team was when they had Steve Nash, weak ass. And that nigga was never good to me, but I ain't trying to hate on Steve Nash. You know, shout out to Steve Nash getting a coaching job in Brooklyn somehow, some way. I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he did it. So let me tip my cap to, to Steve Nash, weak ass. But CP in there, he about to do what he do. He about to get in the lane, shoot that little turnaround mid-range. Feel me? Throw some lobs to Aiton. Throw some kickouts to, to Book. That boy is looking scary. So I got to give like them like a B-plus for the offseason. I'm up. Ooh, ooh. Yo. 
I got I got to give him some credit for keeping Bridges as well because I think um, Bridges is a really good player. He's a really good wing. I think it's a good asset for them to have. You know, he can score, he can defend, he can shoot the three. So I'm really glad they were able to keep him. Um, sad to see Kelly Oubre go, and especially like the way he getting like tossed around the NBA right now, from this, the Wizards to the Suns to the Thunder. Now he didn't go to state, so you know. Wasn't the best for Kelly Oubre, feel me? But he got he had to go, I guess, in the trade. Um, OKC. So the team that originally traded for Oubre, Oklahoma City Thunder, kind of had an interesting offseason at this point. I mean, you lose Stephen Adams, you lose Chris Paul, you lose. Did you keep Gallinari? I don't even know if you kept Gallinari, but you bring in about six new draft picks. Picks, not players. You leave Shy damn near by himself. You know, Shy Gilgis Alexander is a very good point guard. He is a very good player. But, you know, the rest of the backcourt's gone. You lose Ferguson, you lose Chris Paul, you lose Schroeder. Who's he got to play with now? I mean, shit. You're going to leave him stranded on his own now, for real, for real. But, damn. I guess, I guess that's how they get down over there. Okay, see. I guess that's how they do it. But um yeah. Uh I'll give OKC maybe a C for this offseason. I just think they had the most interesting offseason because never have I seen a team just store and stock up on so many draft picks. Um I thought that was kind of cool, but like who I thought they were gonna try to package these picks and maybe get Giannis or Try to package it to get like a big star, you know? Maybe trade like eight picks to get Giannis, but like obviously that's not gonna happen. Um, so I don't know. Maybe OKC's lost. Maybe Sam Presley doesn't really know what he's doing at this point, but we're gonna see. We're gonna wait and see. We're gonna see how it plays out. So right now, you know, uh, I'll give him a C. That's that's the best I can do for uh for Oklahoma City. Um now, another team in the West, right, that I think is a very, very interesting team. I don't think they're a very good team or great team. I think they're an interesting team. And that is the team who plays in the basement of the Staples Center, the Los Angeles Clippers. Look, I don't want to hear no Kawhi Leonard nothing. No more, because he is shitty. The nigga don't do anything on the court. Bro got a pull-up mid-range. He got a decent three-point jumper. And he can get to the basket. So, yeah, he can score at all three levels, I guess. But, bro, you got to show me something, though, bro. You got to show me some razzle-dazzle, my nigga. Ain't even got no hezzy, like, pull-up, nothing. Bro, you play like a damn robot, bro. You, I can't put you in the top of the NBA if you play like a robot, bro. I don't care if you putting up numbers, bro. You need some. You need to do something for me, bro. Because at the end of the day, like when the defense gets better in the playoffs, like when niggas start to like really like strap up, you're not gonna be able to do that shit. Which is exactly what happened when they played Denver. Bro, you don't have an offensive bag at all. You have no type of bag. You just are boring as fuck, and you built weird as shit, and you got them tight-ass braids. But I can't believe ESPN was really trying to say that he was the best player in the NBA. Never. He's not even a top. I could probably name damn near 10 players. That's better than him. KD is better than him. Brian is better than him. Giannis is better than him. James Harden is better than him. Steph Curry is better than him. That's five. Joel Embiid, better than him. Joel Embiid is better than him. Dane, I'll say they on the level together. And I know one man that's damn sure better than him. And that's that nigga, Luka Doncic. Boy, Luka Doncic is the truth. Luka Doncic is the real deal. 
He is the real deal. And he was going to bounce Kawhi ass out the, out the, out the playoffs. It was one for KCP getting hurt. I mean, uh, Porzingis getting ejected and hurt. So that's my grievances with, with Kawhi Leonard, weak ass. Now, on the other end, we got Paul George. Paul George, you are weak as hell. Paul George. You said you wanted to spend the rest of your career with the Pacers. You went ahead and went to the Thunder. You said you wanted to play with the Thunder for the rest of your career. Went ahead and signed with the Clippers. Now you say you want to spend the rest of your, your career with the Clippers. Where are you going next? Orlando? You going to Portland next after this year? Where are you going, Paul George? You know, Paul George really intrigued me because he's got all the talent in the world. He's got the crossover moves. He knows how to create space. He got the hezzies. He could finish at the at the rim. He could slam on you. He got the mid-range. He got the post-up game. He got the pick-and-roll game. He has the entire offensive bag. But this right here, he ain't got this. When you see an NBA player supposed to be a star, he was an all-NBA player at one point. You feel me? Like two years. He was a fucking MVP candidate two years ago. But when you see him shooting shots off the side of the backboard, that's a confidence thing. That's a mental thing. And I don't know how he could shake back from that. We saw, we see players shake back from it a lot. But oftentimes we don't see players shake back. And I'm actually really, really worried that he won't shake back because he could look great in the regular season. He could look great, and he does. He looks good in the regular season, I'm telling you. He'll give you a nice where he's going for 45 in a win, and he'll win the game for you. But in the playoffs, man, it's just – Pandemic P, playoff P, whatever you want to call him. It's just not the same production. He just it looks terrible. He just looks scared. He looks timid. He looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. He looks frantic. And I can't stand how he fucking lied on um, Doc Rivers like that. He went on Matt Barnes and, and, and Stephen Jackson podcast. And he spoke about how this was – he was playing like J.J. Reddick, and he's coming off nothing but pin downs and, and getting these catch-and-shoot opportunities. But when ESPN broke out, broke it down into the next-gen stats, this was the most pick-and-roll he's ever been involved in ever in his career. And he sp- said specifically, I wanted to be involved in more pick-and-roll. Bro, you had mm, – you're going to make my head hurt, Paul George. You're going to make my head hurt, Paul George. Because you had more pin down. I mean, you had more pick and roll opportunities than you did all season long. And you fumbled it. You fumbled, you fumbled the bag and you lying on Doc Rivers, who we all know is a good coach. It's not a good look, bro. It's not a good look at all. You spoke about your mental health, which is very understandable because mental health is real. You feel me? We People really have mental health issues and for that, I hope that you can overcome that. But, bro, don't be capping on a coach like that, bro. Especially a black man. Come on. Paul George, weak ass, bro. You're weak on the court. I'm saying, I ain't saying you mentally weak, but you're weak on the court, bro. Get it together. Well, that's enough NBA talk before I really get mad. Because I'm okay now. But look. Floyd Mayweather announced that he's going to fight Logan Paul. Could you fucking believe it? A YouTuber is going to fight arguably the greatest fighter ever. He did it. He wins. Logan. Logan. Logan Paul wins. He wins. He won. Logan Paul is going to make more money off this fight than he has in his entire YouTube career. Logan Paul is going to fight Floyd Mayweather? That is absolutely absurd. 
and we got a fight between Nate Robinson and Logan Paul. Logan Paul absolutely annihilates Nate Robinson, knocks him out in the first round. Now he's fighting Floyd Mayweather. That's quite the jump. It's quite the leap. More power to him, but Floyd is going to absolutely knock the shit out of him. No cap. I mean, I think Floyd's going to have fun with this. It's definitely like a promotional business money move, but um, yeah, that's what it is, I guess. Um, I mean, shit, that's enough for athletics, I guess. I mean, sports, football, basketball, we had a little bit of boxing in there, but we're uh, going to change gears to uh, to the music scene, right? And this will be it for today. Um, Complex released their top albums of 2020. They just released it last week, and it's bad. It's really bad. I don't know who decided these numbers and these rankings, but they're really bad. I mean, we got Dirk at 47. Drake, 28. Nudie, 39. You put Gunna at 14. I mean, Gunna put out a good project, yeah. But no way was it better than Dirk's. No way was it better at Young Boys, who came in at 31st. And this right here, this is going to be controversial, but Meg dropped that Good News album, right? And I listened to it. I know a lot of people that listen to it. I listen to it more than once. I really try to give it a chance. That album is some doo-doo. Some absolute poop. The album is terrible. She had maybe two or three good songs. Every feature she got bodied on. She got killed on every feature. That album was really terrible. And I, I see what the record label's trying to do. They're trying to do that whole black woman unprotected thing, trying to use the whole Tory Lane situation for promotion. I get it. Get your money. I get it. But if you don't get your money, at least put out a good project. I love music. Love hip-hop. That was trash. That was some trash. I mean, shit, going back to, to Complex's list, we got Pop Smoke at 10. <laughs> Which I don't, I don't really disagree with. I think that was a pretty fair because that album was like a shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. You know, it was a posthumous album. So I think the nostalgia of it um, was was really cool. I think that it was just a good project overall. So I, I'll give them the nod for um, putting Pop Smoke at 10. Polo G at 11, though? Polo G over Drake's? Tape where do you put Drake at 28? You put Brent Fires at 26. I can't say Polo G had a better project than them. Can't say that. I can't even say he had a better project than Youngboy. And Youngboy was at 31st. That Youngboy album was really crazy. No cap. They, you know, here's they top three. I, I can't disagree with their top three. So they had Lil Uzi at three. They had Lil Baby at two, and they had The Weeknd at one. You feel me? You can't argue with those. Those are those are all good takes, you feel me? But the rest of that list was really crazy. Um, and thing that I have was missing, right? I thought there was three tapes that they missed on the top 50. Um, so they put Dirk in there. They put Meg in there. They put Nudie in there, Drake, 21 Savage in there, Young Boy in there, 42 Doug in there. But three projects that they absolutely missed – was the Chris Brown Young Thug tape because that tape went crazy. That tape went nuts. No cap. That tape went crazy. Two, the Party Next Door tape. That album was amazing as well. I mean, production value was crazy. The features were amazing on there too. He only had like two or three features. He had a Drake feature and he had a Rihanna feature. Both amazing. Beautiful pieces of music. And then he had the, Bry the Bryson album. Bryson album wasn't on there either. Anniversary album. First listen, I wasn't very impressed. No cap. But the second listen, third listen, fourth listen, as I still listen to this album every day, phenomenal album. Phenomenal production, phenomenal content. 
Vocals were amazing. That album should be on the top 50. So, I mean, I don't think Complex did too bad of a job, but you could just kind of see, like, the the agenda that they have, you know. You could see what they're, the, the audience they're trying to cater to, you know. But, you know, that's fine. They, they have that. They could do that. That's cool. We keep it authentic over here. You know, that's all I really want to talk about for music. You know, I didn't really want to get too far into it. Today's Mondays, Overreaction Monday, especially with, like, the NFL. That was really, like, the, the main topic of conversation. But I do want to give y'all fellas some game, though. I want to give y'all fellas some game. I want to give y'all some advice because we got Christmas coming right around the corner. I know y'all got some ladies out there that y'all love a lot and y'all claim to love a lot. And y'all ain't getting no gift yet. That's okay. That's fine. You still got time. But look, don't go buy her no bundle from Walmart that you see on the shelf or Target or even Sephora. You know them little gift kits that they get in little gift sets. I know what y'all niggas be thinking. I know what y'all be thinking. Don't disrespect your girl by buying her one of them sets, man. Study your girl. Look, it's the best piece of advice I'll give you. Study your woman. Study your queen. You got to know the things that she into, things that she not into, her taste, her touch, her feel, and her vibe. You got to know that. Because come Christmas time, that sometimes Christmas low-key can make or break a relationship. Because if you really get your shorty something that she loved but she didn't ask for, something that you just know she going to rock with, bruh, she going to get you right, like, she gonna reward you for that, low key. Like, yeah, like if you could take care of your girl on the gift side, look. If you could hold it down on the gift side, the return on that investment is phenomenal. Let's put it like that. It's gonna be a great return on investment. So yeah, fellas, just know your girl, know your know your lady. You feel me? Know what she into, know what she like, and uh, yeah, be safe. Have a great holiday season. Um, I really appreciate who tuned in this morning to the International Podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with more content.